For the Meat Poultry Podcast, I'm Ryan McCarthy, Digital Media Associate Editor. On the Meat Poultry Podcast, we always like to dive into research and development trends when possible. For this episode, we discuss the ongoing testing at Motif Foodworks in Boston, who is working on developing products and ingredients with the properties of meat and replicating them in plant-based foods. We spoke with Mike Leonard, Chief Technology Officer for Motif and veteran food scientist on what kind of progress meat alternatives have seen during the pandemic. Leonard discusses plant-based foods' growth over the last few years and how consumers have started to try more of those products. We also discuss the challenge Motif takes on by trying to make plant-based foods taste like traditional meat products with its ingredients. Finally, Leonard describes how research and development worked for the company during COVID-19 and how its new research and development office fits into its future plans. Take a listen. Well, first of all, Mike, uh, give us a little background about yourself and what led you to do research and development at Motif after some of your other work that you've done with other major companies. Sure. So I'm trained as a chemist and a polymer scientist, uh, but I've spent my whole professional career in the food industry, working in big ingredient companies and uh, and big CPG food companies. And uh, over that time, I, I developed a real appreciation for uh, for driving innovation, for driving growth. And given the explosive growth in plant-based food industry and the opportunities I saw uh, in all the companies I worked for <laughs> to really make that a reality. Uh, I felt that Motif was really the place I needed to be to, to bring innovation, new thinking, and some ammunition uh, to the table to help uh, to help the industry continue its growth trajectory with plant-based foods. So uh, Motif was a logical place for me to, to end up after 18 years in the business and uh, couldn't be more happy to be here. So give our listeners a little background about Motif itself and and where it got started and how it's kind of going right now. Sure. So we are an ingredient innovation company uh, at the core. Uh, That is going to be our our core business model. And really, we're reinventing the way science is applied to make plant-based foods taste better and be more nutritious. And we're doing that uh, by analyzing, discovering, and designing uh, food and ingredients differently. So we were spun out of uh, Ginkgo Bioworks uh, about two years ago, uh, and Ginkgo is still one of our key partners here in Boston, uh, one of the world's leading synthetic biology companies. Um, but we, we are taking a broad technology view uh, on the plant-based food ingredient space, and we're investing in fundamental research and technology uh, across three main areas uh, of the industry around meat alternatives, pushing the boundaries of proteins to deliver exceptional results in texture, flavor, and color without the use of animals, dairy alternatives, pioneering new areas and dairy-free proteins to create really rich and creamy experiences with established uh, nutritional benefits to unlock potential for new innovation and animal-free ingredients, and in plant-based performance, uh, nutrition, and enablement. So accelerating development of complete plant-based proteins that that meet or exceed the nutritional values of meat-based protein. So those are the areas that we're focused on. Uh, and we are pre-commercial, so we expect to be uh, in the market this year with our first ingredient, which will be uh, an ingredient designed to improve the uh, the flavor of plant-based meat products. Okay, great. 
Can, can you tell me a little bit about the trends that you've been looking at and seeing throughout the pandemic and now going into 2021 as far as plant-based foods and whether what kind of momentum you've seen uh, throughout that time? Sure, the, the momentum behind plant-based foods have, has been tremendous. Um, you know, during the pandemic, as you can imagine, we, uh, and it's still going on, I should say, right? But at, yes. its, at its initial um, onset, we, uh, we were closely tracking industry trends and, and trying to understand the role that, that we could play and, and the, the sorts of roles that uh, other companies were playing. And really, we saw a very significant uh, uptick in sales growth uh, during the initial peak of the pandemic in, in plant-based foods and, and plant-based meats is, is a, a key category there. Um, so at the initial peak, we were seeing a 60 to 95% increase in, in sales growth uh, versus a 40 to 50% increase uh, with uh, animal uh, analog products. So, you know, a significant incremental um, gain of plant-based foods over the animal counterparts at the initial onset. And then by the end of last year, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were still seeing a, a 2x um, increase in sales growth for plant-based foods over their animal counterparts, roughly 35% to 10 to 15%. So we think that, um, and those are volume driven, by the way, those aren't driven by price. This is people buying more food, more plant-based food. Uh, we see those trends continuing. Uh, and I think from a, from a, an industry standpoint and how we um, play roles with our customers, uh, really, the, the need to continue accelerating innovation in the plant-based marketplace is, is, uh, is increasing. I think every major food company um, is looking to expand the, uh, the size and impact of their plant-based portfolio. So, so that trend will, will only accelerate. And I think we're seeing a broadening of interest in plant-based foods beyond core categories like plant-based meats and plant-based milks, the two categories that have probably experienced the biggest growth uh, in, in recent years. So a broadening of the scope or you know, consumers will see more innovation and more categories for plant-based foods and this constant push to accelerate and get, get more out there uh, in front of consumers from an innovation standpoint. Right. And going back to uh, a lot of the, the meat alternative stuff that you, you guys are working on a lot of times, um, what's been your best way to put out your message about plant-based foods when you're trying to acquire um, or get the interest of people that are used to traditional meats a lot of times? Yeah, I think one way is uh, what we're doing right now. I think um, getting in front of uh, audiences that are open and, and interested in, in the area and uh, telling our story. We, we do that uh, as often as we can within the scientific community and the, uh, the, the food community in general. So um, there's no substitute for telling people directly what it is we're doing and, and how they can benefit from it. Um, a, another way we do this is in the approach that we take to, uh, to actually develop our portfolio. So we are an ingredient company, as I mentioned earlier, but uh, the best way to connect with, with people, uh, if you're in the food business, is by actually making food. So we do that. Um, even though we're an ingredient company, we are uh, building finished applications, finished products that really highlight what our technologies can do. So technologies to improve texture, flavor, appearance, nutrition of plant-based meats, plant-based dairy products. Uh, we're investing quite a bit in food design, uh, culinary technology, and the ability to prototype and um, eventually distribute um, products to consumers to showcase what we can do, even though our core business is, is an ingredient company.
In the February issue of the Meat and Poultry magazine, make sure to check out the highlights of our hot dog and sausage report. We profile San Antonio-based Kielbasa smoked meats on the new Links of Love program where it plans to donate 10,000 pounds of sausage each month during the pandemic. We also profile Zweigel's family-run hot dog and sausage making company in Rochester, New York. Also look for our cover story on Tyson's Manufacturing and Automation Center near its headquarters in Springdale, Arkansas, and how it will help the company's future operations. Check out those stories and more in this month's edition of Meat Poultry Magazine. And you mentioned earlier that you're pre-commercial, but um, what what is it looking like for you to take that next step in order to get to the next part and to market uh, with your product? Is that something that you talked about it, you really think it's going to be something you'll be able to do by the end of this year now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And we're ramping up uh, very quickly to uh, to scale that ingredient as we speak. So that work's already ongoing. And um, the, the key for us to to achieve that this year is uh, to get the right partnerships in place with with customers in the industry who, uh, as I mentioned before, are very eager to uh, to launch products in this area and, and expand their portfolios. So as you can imagine, we're uh, in the middle of a large variety of, of discussions and, and, and work to uh, to get this uh, to get the ingredient scaled and to make sure we have the right partner signed up and uh, to go to market together. Yeah, and and we discuss a lot of this with on our podcast and with our website about the interaction between meat alternatives and how they're working with traditional meat companies. Do you guys have a lot of dialogue or interaction with them and talking about the ingredient products that you guys are developing? Yeah, pretty much every food company we talk to, you know, regardless if meat is their core business or if it's some other area, um, you know, I think there's uh, there's excitement, there's urgency to innovate. Uh, I, I think you know we we have the view, and I think that's shared by by um, you know many companies um, in this space is that there has to be some coexistence between animal products and plant based products. You know, we don't see um, you know plant based food overtaking animal agriculture entirely. We we think that there's always going to be a balance. There's always going to be a coexistence, and I think um, you know that our potential customers see it the same way. So uh, I'd say that the number one thing we see is excitement to partner, excitement to explore possibilities, and excitement and urgency to innovate. Um, and that's, uh, as you can imagine, made our uh, our phone um, very busy. It's ringing off the hook with people yeah. to, to do that. Um, you know, I was always curious about this when I when I talk to people with uh, the meat alternative industry. But it's always good to get uh, your perspective too, Mike. Uh, what's uh, one of the more challenging things about getting your meat alternative products that taste like traditional meat, because that seems to get a lot more people on board to what you guys are trying to achieve. Yeah, for sure. There's no, there's no substitute to a, a convincing eating experience. Um, we can talk technology all day long, but again, people understand food and, and it's our job to, uh, to show how we can raise the bar through our approach and ingredients. Um, really the, the key challenge is getting all the components to work together the right way in the product. Um, you know, you, you can never look at any formula, but plant-based meat in particular, as yeah, I put in one ingredient and I solve a giant problem, or I tweak a couple things and I get a better outcome that people really recognize. I think it's about figuring out how to get all the components to work together. With that said, the real key thing that I think that is is um, is ripe for exploration and improvement these days is is understanding fat performance and how to get. Um, plant-based fat alternatives to work like animal fat because fat uh, interacts in really important ways with protein, water, uh, structurally, it plays a really significant role that's hard to replicate. So 
fat is kind of the hub of the wheel in many ways, in addition to, to protein in these products and, and figuring out how to, how to harmonize a formula around that is, is critical. So that's an area that we're, uh, we're quite interested in working on. Right. And when you, when you talk about that fat performance thing, has that improved quite a bit in order to be able to scale in the last few years? Cause we've been able to see so many more meat alternatives be able to grow and be able to jump ahead and really put a scale on their product. Has that really been something that's been able to be improved in the last few years? Yeah, I, I'd say that, you know, most uh, plant-based meat manufacturers are utilizing coconut oil uh, and blends with other, other uh, plant-based oils that, that sort of mimic the performance of solid fat. That's a commodity that already has scale. I would say that performance-wise, uh, it's not really where we want to be. Uh, as an industry. I think uh, coconut oil is there today, but um, we recognize and, and a lot of the folks we talk to also recognize that they need a better option that really provides the, the flavor, the, the structural integrity and the, you know, the textural performance that they want. So I think the, the challenge is still there to come up with a scalable solution that can actually um, check more of the boxes with, uh, with uh, you know, comparing to animal-based fat. Right. And are, are there any ones that you can share today that you're doing with your research and development that you that you could talk about that at all? Or is it something that you guys are still working through for the most part? Sure. We uh, we recently announced a partnership with the University of Guelph, uh, as well as a company called Coasan, owned by a professor at University of Guelph, uh, Alex Marangoni, on a collaboration to develop uh, some novel technology around plant-based fats. Uh, looking at things like oleogel, structured emulsions, um, fat systems that are plant-based that mimic um, animal uh, fat performance at room temperature and during the, the processing and cooking process. So uh, we're active in active research efforts right now with, uh, with the University of Guelph and with uh, Professor Marangoni to uh, figure out how we can bring those technologies to, to life uh, in actual uh, ingredient tech and, and food products. Sounds good. And I know a big announcement that I just recently came across was that you guys were able to open up your own facility in Boston. Um, how important was that for you to have your process become in-house where you guys can have it researched and developed and not having to rely on some other places to do it? Yeah, it's really essential for us. And, you know, as a small company, um, we, uh, we, we are very excited to, to have an, a great network and ecosystem of partners that we'll continue to rely on, both for research, development, and, and manufacturing. Uh, but having our own facility is, is critical and really helps to bring this analyze, discover, and design process to life. So the, the space is um, over 10,000 square feet here in the Seaport area in Boston. Over half of that space is dedicated to labs. And those labs reflect uh, the research um, focus points that, that we have. So food science, food analytics, uh, bioprocessing, and food applications development. We have a demonstration kitchen here. So we can go from end to end, from discovering an ingredient, analyzing what it's all about, to actually making a finished food product that incorporates all the knowledge we've gained from the research that we've done and the uh, and small quantities of the ingredient itself. So. Um, to be able to bring that to life in a way that uh, that's self-contained is is really critical. So we're we're thrilled to be here. Sounds good. And just curious, has Motif always been around Boston? Because that's you know a place where you're always looking at innovation and technology, and people are always looking at different aspects of whatever uh, industry in, in the United States are. 
Yeah, we we've been uh, based here since we were uh, we were founded two years ago, and it's a, it's a hotbed of innovation and technology. And it's interesting as a as a food technology company, uh, you don't see too many other food technology companies here in uh, in Boston. But and I think we're one of the first. Uh, and our partnership with Ginkgo really makes that special because you know in our in our effort to sort of scan the world for uh, new science and technology that we can bring to bear on the food industry. You know, synthetic biology is, is one of those uh, technologies that we think can really change the game in terms of our ability to make animal-free proteins and animal-free ingredients. And uh, Ginkgo Bioworks is, a, is a, one of the world leaders in, in that field, and we're, we're fortunate to have them as our exclusive partner in that, uh, in that respect. Sounds good. Uh, Mike, just a couple more. Um, the other thing I, I really wanted to ask about um, is what you guys are looking forward to uh, more in 2021. Is there anything specific that you guys um, would be able to share um, that you guys are trending towards or if there's any other things like that you'd like to like to share at all? Yeah, I would just emphasize that this will be our first commercial year and uh, you can you can look uh, towards the, the back half of this year and um, in Q4, we'll have our first ingredient out on the market. Um, again, uh, an ingredient that will help to improve the, the flavor of, of plant-based uh, meat analogs. Um, throughout the year, you know, we'll continue to drive our, our innovation process and to continue to understand, you know, what are the, the root causes of consumer dissatisfaction that really uh, still exist today? I mean, one of the reasons we're taking a, a fundamental science approach to um, sort of uncover the secrets of food is, is the knowledge that, you know, plant-based foods just don't taste the way uh, consumers want them to be, right? We have an expectation that isn't being met. Uh, we feel that one of the reasons that's the case is because the basic science and research hasn't been done to uncover root causes. And that's something that we're really striving to do here is to understand, um, to analyze the consumer problem in detail, to understand root causes and to move beyond this modify and mask approach that that a lot of uh, a lot of us uh, have experienced in the industry uh, in previous lives. So you'll see more, uh, more news from us on that front and more progress that we're making from a, a science and technology standpoint. And, and I'm sure we'll have more exciting things to talk about uh, very shortly. Right. And, and sorry, Mike, just one other thing before I let you go. Um, I just had one more. Uh, when it came to uh, doing some of your research and development this year, were you able to get much information uh, from consumers? Like how, how were you able to develop a lot of your products throughout the pandemic this year. Yeah, it was a it was a, a a significant challenge, but I have to say, you know, we we really accelerated our progress during the pandemic. So we, uh, you know, it, it sort of brought to life a different way of thinking about innovation. It's it's not just about the the ingredients and the the portfolio, but about how you get the work done. So we had to work that part of the innovation process as well. Um, we work really closely with again a great network of partners. Um, and a lot of those partners um, had labs that, that we could leverage, had resources that we could leverage. Um, we turned our kitchens into laboratories uh, and worked as a team over Zoom uh, you know, every day. And um, we were very creative in terms of um, finding resources that were available and being resourceful with the assets that we had at our disposal. But it was a wild ride um, and we're fortunate now to be in our own facility. But um, yeah, we, we pulled out all the stops to, uh, to accelerate our development work. Make sure to check out the latest stories from the monthly print edition and online at meatpoultry.com. Also follow us on social media at Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram all by searching at Me Poultry. 
And if you like what you heard, please leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us. All right, that's it for this time, folks. Thanks for listening and have a great day.